Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prepare yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there. That even wants to be a little bit mellow. Now is there? Anybody wants to get mellow, you can turn around and get the fuck out of here, all right? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast, Podcast. with host A. Trunk. Hey, everybody, it's Eddie Trunk, and this is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. New every Thursday via Sirius XM. And, of course, all the interviews I tell you about each and every week comes from my SiriusXM radio show, Trunk Nation, which is heard daily on Volume Channel 106, live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Nightly re-airs 10 to midnight Eastern. Anything you want, anytime you want on the SiriusXM app. Um, As you could probably hear in my voice, I'm coming off of a battle with COVID, but hanging in there and doing okay. I thank everybody for reaching out with their concern. And uh, this week on the podcast, you know, I, I talk about the Sirius XM angle of this podcast right at the top, because this week we are going to do something that is absolutely going to show you a little bit, for those that don't hear me on Sirius XM radio every day, going to give you a little indicator of some of the other things we do. Now, obviously, every week I bring you an interview with a major artist on this podcast, been doing it for years. And we'll continue to do that, and that'll continue to be the bulk of what happens on the podcast. But I was thinking about this, and I always tell you guys about how all these podcasts originate from one of my five shows a week on Sirius XM Radio done live daily. We do a lot of other things on Trunk Nation, my daily show. Uh, we, we take a lot of calls from the audience We do a lot of theme-driven stuff, top five stuff, top 20 stuff. It's a lot of fun to get the audience interactivity. So 
With that being said, for the first time, I thought about this. And I said to Joel, my producer, I said, hey, let's bring the podcast audience something different this week. Let's do one of our recent throwdowns. Now, this is taking a page out of something that I used to do on that metal show with my crew there, where we'd end every show by debating one classic record versus another, which is the best. And it's always so much fun to do that. And we always get so much audience interaction from it when I do it on the radio. So about a week and a half ago, I did a throwdown pitting Back in Black versus Highway to Hell. Two classic ACDC records, different singer on each. One a gargantuan commercial record. The other set the table for ACDC's success in the U.S. And which is the better record? Uh, obviously, we know which one is the more popular but thought it would be interesting to talk to the hardcore rock fans and see which one they like the best. So this is um, cool to bring this to you on the podcast. It is going to be a throwdown. It is no guest, but it's a bunch of calls. Of course, the radio show is live. So there's a bunch of people that you'll hear that will call in and make their case as to which is the better ACDC record. So if you're in the U.S. or Canada, this is the kind of fun stuff we do live. If you have Sirius XM and listen to the radio show every day that you know about, and uh, if you aren't listening already, come on board and join us for Trunk Nation and get the full picture of everything that goes on on the radio show each and every day on Channel 106. So a throwdown for you this week, although, of course, you can't call in because this all happened a couple weeks ago. You're still going to have fun, I think, listening to this and hearing people make their cases about what is the better of the two ACDC records. Something a little different for you on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast, a throwdown, Highway to Hell versus Back in Black. Enjoy. So today, as I mentioned and announced yesterday, and we've been doing these from time to time as uh, recurring shows that are kind of fun to do on a day that there's no guest or it's a bit quiet. Uh, I am doing throwdowns, taking a page out of my playbook from my That Metal Show days where we ended pretty much every episode by doing a throwdown. This versus this, make your case, and that's how we ended the show. We did two minutes at the very end, if you guys watched, which many of you did back in the day. So I started doing that here on, on Trunk Nation a few years ago from time to time, and it's always fun, and it works really well for radio, and it really gets everybody involved who's listening. So as usual, our toll-free number is 844-686-5863, 844-6-VOLUME. We already have busy phones, people wanting to weigh in on today's throwdown topic, which is the battle between two ACDC records, Back in Black and Highway to Hell. Of course, Highway, the final album with Bon Scott, record that really, in a way, set the table for Back in Black in that it was really ACDC's first taste of commercial success in America with the title track, Highway to Hell. And then you have the tragedy of losing Bond. They bring in this new singer. Nobody knew what to expect, what was coming. And then Back in Black becomes one of the biggest records of all time. Now, clearly, from a commercial and, st and sales standpoint, there's no competition here. Uh, Back in Black, again, one of the biggest albums ever made. And remains one of the biggest, I think, in the top 10 selling records of all time. Which is remarkable when you consider that record was very much considered to be a metal record when it came out. 
Brian Johnson has told me personally when he recorded the vocals to it, he thought they would be so uncommercial and so unappealing that it wouldn't get played on the radio and that he'd lose the gig because he expected the record to pretty much fail. (laughs) And of course, none of that happened. And it went on to be a gargantuan record. So when you're talking about these two records from a commercial standpoint, it's not even a competition. It's not even close. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about us, me, you, this audience, being the hardcore rock fans that we are. We know these records inside out. And taking the sales and the airplay off of the table, just purely looking at the records themselves, what is the better record? They both also share the same producer. Mutt Lang produced both records. And really, Mutt got into doing rock and really made his mark initially by doing Highway to Hell. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that was kind of like his first real big rock, heavy rock record that he did. And then, of course, later he would do Def Leppard and, and everything else. So the one, uh, beyond the rest of the band being the same, besides the lead singers, the, the connection, the one similarity between the two is the same guy produced both records. And uh, again, don't penalize for success. <laughs> After what I just told you, you can't. I understand for us, as as the as the uh, hardcore rock fans that we are, the knee jerk is, oh, we got to go with Highway to Hell, because everybody likes Back in Black. You know, Back in Black's you know, the, the popular record. We got to go with the no, 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 no. You can't do that. I mean, you just got to look at it, take out the millions and millions sold and look at it completely objectively as to just track for track. Maybe you like a better singer, whatever. But what what is the better record discounting which one sold more and which one had the bigger hits? Because if you also think about it, when it comes to uh, Back in Black has three pretty huge songs on it. One, Gargantuan, and You Shook Me All Night Long. Highway to Hell really only has one quote-unquote hit and that's the title track and and even that was not nearly as big as anything on highway to hell so that's what i mean by highway to hell being really the table setter and by the way i got the idea to do this if you weren't listening to yesterday's show because i tweeted out this link to this documentary this one hour or actually more 40 minutes without commercials uh youtube thing on australian tv a little doc about Bon Scott. And I thought that was real interesting. And it got me thinking about this. And one of the triggers in that, watching that documentary the other night, which got me into this headspace, is they talked about before Bon Scott died, Malcolm and Angus were in the studio writing and working on songs for what would be the follow-up to Highway to Hell. And then Bond died. And that ties into the never-ending speculation about what did Bond ever hear or even sing a scratch vocal or a demo vocal for anything that would have been Highway to Hell. And I do, the answer consistently seems to be no, that it was they weren't even at that phase yet by the time he died. But there's always been that speculation out there that there's like oh there's a version of back in black with 
Bond singing the a demo version. Uh, I I don't or whatever song. I don't I don't know that to be the case. But I did find it interesting. And if you watch the doc that I tweeted the link out on YouTube the other day, they, there's uh they do say that Angus and Malcolm were writing and working on material, and that they were all in the same city doing that, and that's kind of why Bond was there at the time, getting ready to start working on what would have been Back in Black. So that the timeline there is a little bit interesting, but I think it was just, you know, Bond died way too soon before he could ever really contribute to that record. So that got me all thinking, okay, and then and Brian's in the documentary, so it got me thinking like, wow, man, it's so crazy to look at those two records. So let's see today what you guys have to say as to what the better one is. We're going to move quickly through this today. By the time we wrap up at 4 o'clock Eastern time, Joel will keep a loose tally, and we will see what the Trunk Nation audience deems the better record between the two. Today, we look at the world of ACDC. Highway to Hell, released in 1979. 10 songs, 42-minute running time. Track listing from 1 to 10. Highway to Hell, Girls Got Rhythm, Walk All Over You, Touch Too Much, Beating Around the Bush, Shot Down in Flames, Get It Hot, If You Want Blood, Love Hungry Man, and Night Prowler to end the record. And then, of course, you have Back in Black a year later, 1980, debut with Brian Johnson. You have uh, 10 songs as well, 42 minutes. Did I just say the same on Highway? Wow, I didn't realize this until just now. Back in Black, this is interesting. I had, I did not realize this until I just pulled it up. Back in Black and Highway to Hell not only have the same amount of songs, which I knew, but they're exactly, I'm sure, a few seconds different. But in terms of the amount of minutes running time, they're exactly the same amount of running time minutes. 42 minutes. Both records. How, how, how kind of weird is that? I mean, that doesn't happen all that often. Again, I'm sure the seconds are off a little bit, but the same amount of running time, basically. Hell's Bells, Shoot to Thrill, What Do You Do for Money, Honey, Giving the Dog a Bone, Let Me Put My Love into You. I wonder how Joan Jett would like that song. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't resist. <laughs> she wouldn't open up for ACDC because of that. I don't know. Um, ah. <laughs> Uh, back in black, you shook me all night long. Have a drink on me, shake a leg, rock and roll ain't noise pollution. So there you go. What's the better record? What's your pick? Joel, get ready to keep a tally and let us jump in. Uh, our first person will be Jeff in Palm Springs, California. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eddie. How awesome I get to be first. So uh, two You're great first. Records. Yep. Two great records, two different versions of the band, you know, not to take one away from the other, but what they did with Bon Scott was just way more special for me as a kid. The album covers maybe from the 70s freaked me out a little bit because I was so young, you know, um, and good for them for moving on with Brian Johnson. And he's an awesome, awesome singer, but I got to go with Highway to Hell and the songs on Highway to Hell, in my opinion, are better than the songs on Back in Black and it has nothing to do with how many times I've heard them because they're two great records. They are two really, really timeless records. Well, yeah, totally. All right, Jeff, we'll put you down for our first salvo here. Comes in for Highway to Hell. Uh, Jeff mentioning the album covers, which, 
interesting to take that into account, but you certainly can. I mean, Back in Black is a very classic, but obviously very basic album cover. Highway to Hell, and Jeff, I think, just kind of alluded to this. Highway to Hell was a pretty, uh, I don't know, as a kid, and I would have been 14, 15 when Highway to Hell came out, that cover was kind of uh, bizarre to me. It was, it, was a, it was a bit jarring because Angus had the horns on his head and all of that, and that was my first ACDC record. And I won it on the boardwalk at the Jersey Shore when they had the stands where you put the quarter down and all that. I got a lot of music that way. But as I've said many times before, back then you could only pick the record based on the cover because you couldn't listen to it. And I remember I remember picking Highway to Hell off of the cover because it was it was just you just didn't see a cover that looked like that and a guy wearing the devil horns like that. So I was like, oh, that looks kind of like wacky and weird and whatever. So you know, the 14 year old in me said, I'll take that one. But yeah, definitely, uh, obviously, band shot on the front of Highway to Hell and Back in Black more as a tribute to Bond, just all black. Here's Danny in Tennessee. Hi, Danny. Hello. Danny, you're on the air. Hello. Hey. You're on the that? air, Danny. Yeah, I'm here. Hey, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, listen, I met you at uh, Tennessee. I'm up here in Tennessee last year at the Monsters on the Mountain. I just want to let you know you signed my books, and I do appreciate it. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm pitching forge. Yep, we'll be back out there for the next Monsters on the Mountain coming up soon. I think this one is in Gatlinburg, and I will be there for Thursday and Friday of that weekend. So if you're uh, if you're coming out again, hope to see you at the next one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be looking for you. Uh, I'll be my there. My album is... Uh, well, I, I got to say, it's it's hard to say between the two albums because I had Back in Black on 8-Track Tape, you know, from the RCA Record and Tape Club. But uh, when I heard Highway to Hell, it just turned my whole life around. So, I mean, <laughs> I love how I'm going to go with Highway to Hell. Danny, was Highway to Hell your first ACDC record? No, my first one was actually uh, High Voltage. I had it on 8-track tape. Me and some friends rode around when I was in high school. And we, that's, that's how, I'm an avid fan of ACDC. You won't find a bigger one. All right, we'll put you down for Highway. Thank you, Danny. We'll see you in Tennessee soon for the next Monsters on the Mountain. I appreciate it. And thank you for buying my books. I appreciate that as well. We're already 2-0 on Highway. Here's Larry in OKC. Hey, Larry. Hey, Eddie, I hope you're starting feeling better, buddy. Um, Not yet, but thank you. I'm still early into it, but hopefully soon. Thank you. I just wanted to ask you a real quick question real quick. Um, I saw The Who last night here in Oklahoma City, and uh, Daltrey sounded awesome. Uh, I was really surprised by that, Um, what I'd heard and read and stuff. Townsend didn't sing a whole lot. I don't know if his voice is going or what, but what surprised me about the whole deal was you know, back in the 70s and 80s and even probably 90s, I mean, I considered The Who to be up there with Zeppelin and The Stones, uh, probably not The Beatles, but, you know, up there in that with those three or four or five bands. 5,000 people in a 20,000-seat arena last night. Have you, Is that why right? Do you think why do you think they've dropped off? Because they, they came here in 07, and they had the whole upper level roped off, same thing last night. What do you think? Is that the same way all across the country for them? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, that the the only things I can think of when it comes to the who being that soft on ticket sales would be 
few things. First of all, much older, much older fan base. Maybe there's still COVID concerns, what have you. Uh, I'm sure, much like those older bands, Fleetwood Mac, the Eagles, the Who, I'm sure the ticket pricing was crazy. How much was the ticket? Well, so I paid $37 a sit in the upper level because I bought them late, and I thought, I thought to myself, I always listen to you, and I've been around ticketing all my life, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to buy a $37 ticket, and they're going to move me to the lower level. And sure enough, I walked up there last night, and they sent me eight rows from the stage for 37 bucks. <laughs> there you go. I so, mean, so, so yeah, I mean, maybe people just saw the initial ticket price, which I'm sure was very high. And, and look, high. I mean, there's, there's a uh, – you know, there's a real issue right now with inflation. I mean, the, the things are right. record high. I mean, I, I just got a, I went to, uh, I went and had somebody go out and get me uh, some stuff for, uh, just to to have in my house here while I'm getting through COVID. And what normally would have cost like fifty bucks, just some fruit yep. and few things, seventy eight dollars or something. I mean, it, so the the. The, the the impact of inflation and cost of fuel and everything is going to absolutely have a massive role in people spending money on entertainment and things they don't need to do. They need to put fuel in their car and they need to eat and they need to pay their bills. Everything else is gravy. Those are the things that unfortunately are going to be impacted. And I talked about this leading into this. I was like, you know, just when the touring season was about to hopefully have its first somewhat normal year in a few years, because even I mean, I have, of course I have COVID right now. So COVID's still a thing, but it's not, it's being managed better. We're they're going to get zonked because of inflation. And I think we're, we're seeing it. I mean, I heard the numbers for M3 this past weekend were way off. I mean, it's, it's rampant out there. So I think beyond, I think cost, I think, you know, just bands going to the well too many times, not the who, but others, the who have a very a much older fan base. Maybe they're just kind of like, I don't want to go out still uh, cost mm-hmm. of tickets. I mean, there could be a lot of things. It's really hard to say, well, but that's surprising well, the, that it was that soft. Well, the promoter also had to lose his ass because they had a full blown orchestra up there. They played for two and a half hours. I just, I don't see how, I don't see how that, that they made money on that show, but, and I yeah, Larry, give that, me your pick me, real quick. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go with Back in Black just because uh, I was 15 when it came out, and that was my first really true. I mean, I remember hearing Heaven and Hell, or I remember hearing the Highway to Hell and all that. But for me, it's a for me, it's Back in Black because that that kind of put them over the top as far as uh, you know getting them to the big time. I thought. So. Well, there's no doubt about that. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate the call. Uh, let's do a break. But yeah, that's interesting. Five thousand in a twenty thousand seat building last night for the Who in Oklahoma City. I mean, and and there there you go. Larry, just with a perfect example of what I've been telling you guys for years, these shows that are exorbitantly priced initially, ride it out, wait till the day before. It's called papering the house, folks. It is a, it is a practice that's been happening for decades and, and more prevalent than ever recently where tickets are basically almost just given away at the last minute to put fannies in the seats, make it look better, and at least recoup some money on you being there, maybe buying a beer or paying for parking or buying a T-shirt. It's, it is it is all over. It happens all the time. That's why when you buy a ticket, you got to click through that box to agree to the fluctuating ticket price because you might sit next to a guy that paid 500 and you paid 30 You want to be the person that paid, paid 30 so make it work for you because God knows if it's a hot ticket, they're going to stick you 
hard the other way. So, uh, you know, there are ways to work this to your favor, but it is, I mean, it's all over the place as far as what's going on right now. And there are a lot of different factors for it. And I definitely am extremely concerned about the cost of things right now and how that's going to impact people spending money for ancillary things that they don't really need and saying, you know what, I'm not going to go out right now. Gas is $6 a gallon. I'm not driving there. I hope it gets all sorted out soon because, uh, you know, it's it's not a good time, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Let's pick it up with Rick, who's in New York City. He joins us next. Hey, Rick. Hey, Ed. Hope you're feeling better. Um, I'm going to make this quick. Um, I called you a couple of years ago. I think when you did the top 20 ACDC songs, and I mm-hmm. said to you, I said, I might be the only person in the world who is a big fan of the Bon Scott era of ACDC, but Back in Black is my favorite album they have. And you said to me, in your own fashion, there's nothing wrong with that. That makes sense. You could, That's your choice. And I say Back in Black. Back in Black, there's not one song in that album that hasn't been played on terrestrial satellite radio somewhere at some time. You know, how would the hell right. playing Love Hungry Men? <laughs> you know, right, 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 right. But the question is, Rick, so, that's, so yes, there's no arguing that Back in Black is a way 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 bigger record with way way bigger songs and sold tons more but the core of the question is you as an acdc fan and interestingly bond is your favorite era but you think overall the best album is back in black so you just you just feel taking all of the airplay and sales out of it that back in black is material wise they're still their best record yes yes it's still material wise and produced and the sound you know, it's just it's just it's just one of those albums that I can listen to from beginning to end and don't have to skip anything, and that's very rare. Yeah, but thank you, Rick, for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, so Rick talks about the sound again. The same guy produced both records, but I do I do think, and I mean I haven't listened, to, I haven't a b'd the two records, but there is something sonically in the sound of Back in Black that is actually, I think, even bigger and heavier than Highway to Hell. I don't know if they were engineered and mixed by the same people. I also don't know if they were recorded in the same studio. I don't think they were. Because Back in Black was recorded, I believe, in the Bahamas, where Highway to Hell, I don't think, was recorded there. So that could play into it a little bit, too. It also could be that Mutt Lang, had, having had already done a record with the band, was a little bit more dialed in working with them for the second time on Back in Black. Both records sound amazing. I mean, my God, listen to Walk All Over You. I mean, the, the, just the, the, the riff, the enormity of that is huge. But there is something, I can't put my finger on this, uh, what, the word I'm looking for, but there is something in the tone and the sound and the punch in Back in Black that even, I think, raises it a slight more in terms of just sonically. Here's Judd in Texas. Hi, Judd. Hey, Eddie. Uh, love the show. First off, love your uh, no-bullshit approach to what you do, man. And uh, I tell you, I, Thanks, saw, I saw this tour at Dallas County Convention Center, and, uh, and I, I'm, a, I'm pretty much a, a Bond fan. And uh, that tour also turned me on to the band Riot. So, oh, what a, band, what a um, great band! Oh, what a great band, dude! And and uh, 
from. But Judd, let me Judd, let me back you up there a second. Judd, did you sure. see ACDC with Bon Scott? I sure did. Yep. Wow. See, I never did. I sure did. Yeah. Uh, and dude, you know, I don't want to sound like the old man on the show, but the ticket cost me seven dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> and I mean, I would sit, I would skip school, go to uh, North Dallas, and uh, wait in line for tickets. But yeah, badass show. Well, well a tank well, of gas probably cost you twenty two cents or forty cents to go to at that time. So. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, but man, just uh, just straight up a great rock record uh, from opening track to uh, Night Prowler. Just. There's not a dud anywhere on that record, uh, and and neither you know, and I think the same could be said for the uh, for uh, Back in Black. But yeah, uh, for me, it's no brainer. Highway to Hell. All right, we'll put Judd down for Highway. Thank you, Judd. Appreciate you listening, and thanks for the kind words. Let's go to Chad, who is in Ottawa. We'll get a little bit of a Canadian perspective here now. What's up, Chad? What do you got? Hey, Eddie. Love you. Love the show, and I wish you a speedy recovery. I'm going to have Thank to you. go with uh, Highway to Hell just because uh, shot down in flames if you want blood, uh, especially beating around the bush. There's nothing on Back in Black to me that even comes close. Um, one, one thing I did want to hit you with when you were mentioning earlier about Sonically, uh, I just remember reading a book on pre-production for Back in Black, and Mutt Lang worked on a snare sound for Back in Black for like at least nine or ten days before they even got it right. So it, there's probably a, a bigger budget and a lot more, uh, you know, that went in to do with it after you know he did the he did the Highway to Hell. One thing I wanted to hit you with real quickly, and then I'll go. I just wanted to get your thoughts. Do you think later on, since the success of Back in Black, do you think that the whole Richard Ramirez serial killer thing with Night Prowler? Do you think that kind of might have retroactively hurt the sales of of, of that album? You know, after the success of Back in Black, do you think that had anything to do with it? And I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, Eddie. Uh, uh, thanks, Chad. No, I don't. I'm not so sure if that's the case. I mean, I think that I think that uh, Highway to Hell uh, definitely got a big spike after Back in Black blew up. There's no question about that, and that's a very common thing to happen when when a band puts out a landmark record. And Back in Black, whether it's your pick or not, is inarguably a landmark record. That is, again, it's statistically one of the biggest selling records in history. When anything like that happens, you got to realize with Back in Black, if that thing sold 10 million units at the time, that's about 9 million people that are just discovering this band ACDC for the first time. So it's in the label's interest to exploit the back catalog and try to get those 9 million people who just came on board to go back and buy High Voltage or buy... Uh, the previous record, Highway to Hell, or whatever it may be. Let There Be Rock, whatever the case may be. So uh, I de there was definitely a spike. I mean, Highway. To my recollection is Highway to Hell, when it initially came out, did well and, and did better than any ACDC record before in America. But it was not like a set-the-world-on-fire record by any stretch at all. They were still playing theaters at the best, I think. So... In retrospect, in the 42 years or whatever since it came out, Highway to Hell has now become a bonafide classic song for sure. I don't know how many other people, how many people know the record inside out, but that song has become an enormous song for ACDC, way bigger now than I think it was back 40 years ago. Here's Leslie in Texas joining us right now. Hey, Leslie. Hey, Eddie. 
Um, Highway to Hell, hands hands down. It's my favorite mm. ACDC album of all time. Uh, Touch Too Much, Girls Got Rhythm, If You Want Blood. It's one of the very few albums that I know every single word to every single song front and back. Love that album. No all right. Thank you, Leslie. Joel put Leslie down for Highway. Thank you, Leslie, for calling in. Here's Rocco in Indiana. Rocco, what do you got? Hi, Eddie. I hope you feel better. Thank you. Uh, the first time I ever heard ACDC was when I was a kid. Believe it or not, I spent the summer of 1980 in Italy. Went up the street, they had a jukebox, and uh, I wanted to hear what ACDC was all about, and that's why I first heard Highway to Hell and... If you want blood, you got it, and that was it for me. I've been the biggest ACDC fan ever since. Uh, I like Highway to Hell better. I'm going to pick Highway to Hell. I like the Bon Scott stuff better. No offense to Brian Johnson. I love all those music, but I, I like the earlier stuff much better. To me, it's got to be uh, Highway to Hell. Rocco, would you would you say that Back in Black is your second favorite ACDC record, or you would go into other Bond records before you'd get there? I would put it, Eddie, to be honest with you, you threw a question at me I didn't expect. Maybe third, fourth best album. I like them all almost equally, but Bond Scott stuff is just, I love their stuff a little bit better. No offense to Brian. I love Brian Johnson's stuff. He's one of my favorite singers, but I got to put Bond Scott first. It's the era that they did with him. Got it. All right, Rocco, thank you. I mean, look, there's definitely a different swagger on the Bond stuff. There's obviously just a different snarl, I guess would be the word in that. There's a different attitude in that. They're they're different singers, although they both have sort of a, you know, I guess you could say a similar tone to their voice in the bond just is coming from a different background, a different place. I mean, he projects differently. There's just a, like a snarling mischievous pirate (laughs) vibe to what bond Scott did, which again, the reason I thought of doing this was because of this documentary. I tweeted out about bond Scott, which kind of brings that all up into play as well. So I get what you're saying there. Uh, it's interesting, initially, just off the top of my head, it's seeming like Highway is is being pretty dominant, which isn't all that surprising to me for my audience. I think if you polled the general public, it would be a very, very different result. Just because 10 times or 20 times more people own and know Back in Black than Highway to Hell. Here's Frank in Pennsylvania. Hi, Eddie. Uh, hope you feel better, and um, uh, your show's great. Thank you. And my pick is Highway to Hell, and it's because um, the, I'll go back even an album before that. I was dating a girl like in, not dating. We were kind of like friends, seventh or eighth grade, and we went to the mall, and I seen in the window of a music store a record store, the Powerage album. And I said, oh, look at that. That's a pretty cool-looking cover. So we decided to give presents to one another at Christmas. Doesn't she buy me this album? So you got so Powerage was your first record? Yeah, but Highway to Hell, I like 
I like the Bond Scott or the yeah the Bond Scott era better. And it's not that I don't like Brian Johnson, but I never seen him live because I wasn't old enough to go to concerts. I only started seeing him on the Fly on the Wall tour. Okay. Well, again, that makes and, sense because, yeah, Frank. Uh, thanks. I got to move on just because I got a bunch of calls, but that makes sense. I mean, I've talked about this so often your age and how old you are absolutely comes into play with this stuff because it's when you first experienced it and there it, it could be very different again for me i was in high school when these records came out and my first exposure was highway to hell i didn't know about acdc prior to highway to hell i saw that album cover at the on the boardwalk at the beach and i'm like yeah that looks that looks edgy. That looks like it'll upset my parents with the devil horns. <laughs> so I, I did that. That's why I got Sabbath, uh, Heaven and Hell at that time. Same same idea. Wow, it's angel smoking cigarettes. I'm going to try that. I'm, you know, it's stuff that appealed to me as a kid to just seem like, wow, that's dangerous, you know? And uh, you know, Highway to Hell is still probably... I haven't. By the way, I, as you know, as if you've been listening from the beginning, I have not weighed in on this yet. Because I've been doing this thing now where I'm listening to most of you guys before I give my pick. But uh, Highway to Hell is still probably the ACDC record I listen to the most top to bottom. Probably. Let's say hello to my friend Tony Higby, who plays in Tom Kiefer's band, who is in Tennessee. Tony, what's going on, buddy? What is up, dude? What are you doing? Good, man. How was your first show there back in uh, in Maryland the other day? Man... I, you know, it was fantastic. I can't, can't, can't say a bad thing about it. The crowd was great. The weather was awful and they were still showed up and, uh, it was cold and it was wet. And, uh, we went out and played a rock show and had a great time. And the audience was, was wonderful. And, uh, you know, a little nervous going in cause you know, extreme is supposed to be right before us. And, uh, you know, a couple of the guys came down with COVID and, yeah. Had to pull out, and I was texting Pat the night before, and he was super bummed. And uh, you know, it, it sucks. And I'm, you know, wishing those guys a speedy recovery because we're supposed to play together again for Monsters on the Mountain later this year. And uh, you know, I would love to do more shows with those guys. They're, they're they're fantastic. But you know, they shifted the bill over. Blue Oyster Cult was direct support. They sounded great. And uh, you know, everybody there had a really really great time despite the uh, cold wet weather that day. Well, you guys are getting ready to kick back in full gear with uh, Sonic Slam with LA Guns and Faster. I'm, I'm going to be hosting the show in Houston. Looking forward to that. So um, good to have you guys yeah. back out there doing your thing, man. So weigh in on this, Tony. What's your what's your ACDC pick? Man, if you, I, I you said this might stretch in tomorrow. I'm going to give you my pick for today, and I might call back and change it tomorrow. Like, that's how <laughs> tough this is. It's ridiculous. Like, I, I went through every thought process. I try to keep in mind, you know, maybe I've heard, like all of us, we've heard Back in Black so many times, you know, just as in the background of our lives that, you know, you try not to let that affect your or sway your decision one way or another, you know, just from the burnout factor. Because, right. I mean, those, we're comparing two of the most perfect rock records that have ever been made by the same band with the same producer with two amazing singers. And I even like went through and was like, man, which album has the weak track? Like, is there a song that's a little weaker than the rest of the record that doesn't hold up? And even that's tough to say. I mean, I don't 
jump to listen to Love Hungry Man off a highway, but I also don't go head over heels to listen to Giving the Dog a Bone. I'm back in black either, but in the context of the whole record, they absolutely play through, and I love it. I changed my mind 15 minutes ago. I'm I'm going to go with Highway <laughs> to Hell. And All right. I, I'm going to go with Highway to Hell, but I'm going to follow that up by saying that I think Back in Black is the single greatest hard rock vocal performance on a record ever. Nobody can do that again. That That album... What Brian Johnson did on that record, I mean, I have a high, raspy vocal range naturally, and I think most guys would say this that are kind of in my boat. You try to sing that record, you get about three songs in and you're dead. I mean, how that guy went out and toured that stuff is beyond me. That's like superhuman next-level stuff. How high he's singing and how much balls he's putting into it. But I think what really Bond's tone of his voice is just so cool. Bond is those are probably still the albums I lean towards listening more. But I think at the end of the day, what it boils down to is not that I like Bond more than Brian. I think it's that I prefer the songwriting when Brian was in the band, or I'm sorry, when Bond was in the band, a hair overall over a lot of the Brian stuff that came later on. Although I still think that the first three Brian Johnson records are pretty much flawless. So let me ask you this, because you touched on this, and this is interesting. If you had to pick yeah. the worst song on each record, on on Highway, I think we'd both agree. And again, there's none bad because they're great records. But if you had to pick nope. your least favorite, so you'd probably say Love Hungry Man on Highway, right? Yeah, yeah. And then if you had to pick a song that was your least favorite on Back in Black, what would you pick? It's Giving the Dog a Bone. See, I'd probably... I'd probably go uh, with let my put let me put my love into you. I, I don't. I if I had to, I love giving giving the dog giving the dog a bone. That riff just keeps moving. I mean, that's like a classic ACDC groove on that song. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I think uh, maybe I I pick let me put my love into you a little over giving the dog a bone just because that's such a sinister sounding song and from a dynamic standpoint as far as tempo it pulls the tempo back down but it's still heavy versus giving the dog a bone is just you know kind of up tempo just kind of just sits in between a couple other songs of similar tempo it's not i don't i don't feel the dynamic change on the record as much once again we're nitpicking classic songs Uh, right Right, exactly. Like Appetite for Destruction. Appetite for Destruction is an amazing, amazing record. I'll never go out of my way to listen to Think About You. But in the context of the album, it's cool, you know? Right, 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 right. Well, listen, man, I'm going to, I got to move on to other callers, but I look for, I'm going to see you a lot coming up. I'm looking forward to it because I'll see you at Monsters on the Mountain when you guys play. And then I'm going to join you guys over in Tulsa, the show with Poison at the uh, BOK Center. And then I'm um, yep. also going to see in Houston uh, for the Sonic Slam tour. So we got you're going to be sick of me in, in, in a bit. Well, I won't be sick of, the, of you just as long as I'm not sick and you're feeling better, which, <laughs> by the way, get better, you know, because we need, we need you healthy. I've, uh, I have had it back in August. And, uh, yeah, I'll just tell you you're, that it's, it's worse at night for a few days. At yeah. Least. 
I found that out last night. I almost didn't work today because I was like, I got hit like it came a whole different wave hit me at around eight o'clock last night, and I was up all night. I'm yep. like, what the hell's going on? So yeah, yeah, I found that out the hard way. I, I yesterday I was skating. I was like, ah, oh, this is a cakewalk. This is nothing. And then all of a sudden last night, mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, what's happening now? This is interesting. So, um, but exactly. I'm, I'm, you know, in a, in a sick way, I'm. Kind, I knew. I mean, I dodged it forever. And I knew eventually it's going to get me and get everyone. And I'm kind of, as crazy as it is, I'm kind of glad it hit when it hit because it's not, I didn't have anything on the road for a week or so. And, um, you know, if you got to get a strain, they say this is the strain. And hopefully that's the end of it. And hopefully you're good. So we'll see. But thank you, man. I appreciate it. You bet, dude. Just stay hydrated and, uh, you know, ride it out for a few days and you'll start feeling better. And before you know it, you're just going to be, sitting around bored trying to get to the end of netflix like the rest of us did (laughs) all right tone thanks man take care of yourself you too take care bye-bye see ya there he goes tony higby from the Kiefer band checking in with his thoughts um he said tomorrow he might call back in with back in black but today he's going highway to hell let's jump in with dennis in pennsylvania he's up next on trunk nation hey dennis hey how you doing you feeling better Thanks, Dennis. I gotta, I gotta say, of these two albums, I like. I'm a, I'm a Bond guy. I like Bond better, but I gotta say, I, I think that uh, Fashion Black is probably of these two my favorite of the two. Mm-hmm. Neither one of them is All my right. favorite ACDC album, but that's beside the point. Which which album is? Uh, my favorite, Dirty Deeds. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. Well, yeah, that's another angle to this. And thanks, Dennis, for the call. That's another angle to this. Like, if is maybe neither of these records is your favorite record. Obviously, we're pitting these two records against each other today. But there could be people that come in and say, you know, actually, I'm, I'm more of a powerage guy. I'm a high voltage guy. I'm a fly on the wall guy. I don't know. I'm a black ice guy. <laughs> it could be any of it, but th- there's no doubt th- because of all the things we've talked about, they, this, it's interesting to do this with this, these records. I'm still amazed that down to the minute, they have the same exact running time. I did not know that when I got into this. I just find that really interesting. Here's Chris in North Carolina. Hey, Chris. Hey, Eddie. How's it going, bud? All right, Chris. Thanks. I did my research. So I watched the documentary and listened to both albums uh, all night long. So I would say I agree with you earlier. I think Back in Black has slightly better production. Uh, Just the sound of it sounds better. But I have to go to Highway to Hell as my pick, and here's why. When I watched the uh, doc last night, it showed Bond in a couple different situations. One where he was drinking, and he's, you know, talking about his loneliness and all that kind of stuff that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Then you see him on a motorcycle accident. Then you see him dressed as a girl with a cigarette on Baby, Please Don't Go. So I think that his personality gets filtered into his music, and that's what makes his, his song so great. I mean, if you listen to Beating, uh, Beating Around the Bush, like your caller said, uh, Chad, um, it's just one of those songs that is just his whole personality comes through. And so, like you said, he is a pirate. He's a poet and a street brawler. <laughs> And I think that goes into his music. And my last thing is, as I said, ACDC with Brian Johnson is a really great singer. ACDC with Bon Scott is Bon Scott. I'm going to go with Bon and Highway to Hell. 
So you're going highway to hell. All right, Chris, thank you. Yeah, interesting points and and well-made points. I mean, there is the personality thing. Uh, in watching that <clears throat> documentary, which inspired all this for me to do, which, again, if you're just tuning in and you don't know what I'm talking about, I, I, I've, I came across this Australian TV new doc. It's only 40 minutes long, and it's on YouTube. And, again, the link's on my social media if you want to find it. And uh, seeing, you know, getting some insights into Bond, who I did did not know and never saw the band with him, was interesting. And and that the other thing too is when they there's footage in there, Brian Johnson singing with the band Jordy, the band he had prior to ACDC before he joined ACDC, which Bon Scott actually went to see. And Brian is kind of a little glammed up in that. Like he's looking like Gary Glitter or something in that in those video clips and doing a pretty different thing. So you there is that part of it where Bon Scott brought a whole different personality and different approach and a certain kind of dangerous element to the band. He was a brawler. He was a drinker. He was uh, in accidents. He was arrested. I mean, he was the genuine article for better or worse. Not to say Brian isn't. I mean, I I hate talking like this at the expense of Brian. You're just talking about two different people. And to Brian's credit, and Brian I do know, I know personally, and uh, I love him personally. He's just a wonderful guy. Uh, Brian, to his credit, has always been super comp like like super complimentary to Bon Scott. Like thing that always has amazed me about Brian Johnson is that he is the guy who the world knows as the singer in ACDC. He is the voice on by a mile the biggest ACDC record, not even close, and he still presents as a guy that's just, Hey, I, I got lucky getting this gig and I'm just trying to keep the legacy bond created going. I mean, there's just, there's nothing to not like about Brian Johnson as a person, as a human being, as a personality, just an amazingly cool guy. And what you see is what you get with him. That really is him. That's not a facade. That's not a put on. I mean, I just have so much respect and love for that guy as a, as a person. And I've been lucky enough to know him and do a lot of things with him over the years. Um, but the way he presents himself in that role, sure. He's been the singer for 42 years or what have you, but he still looks as like, Oh, bond, you know, bond was special to the point that in this doc, Brian does appears in it now and intros it about bond Scott. You know, a guy like that could, a different type of person could easily say, enough with this guy, Bon Scott, enough, nobody knows, nobody cares, I'm the guy, I'm the one that's on the record that did 20 million copies, ACDC, you know, the world knows ACDC with me a thousand times more, which is all true, but he does not present like that at all, at all. And has complete respect for Bond and what he created. And then he just feels like he's the guy that took the baton in tragic circumstances. So, you know, that's a really endearing thing and kind of uh, unique. Because if you think about anybody else with an ego or or whatever, it would be like, 
look what I did. You know, I think that's really another interesting angle to this as well. All that being said, I think Highway to Hell is massively out front, but my point in saying all that is it's no indictment at all on Brian, certainly. Joel, what is the tally right now? I know it's dominant on Highway, but what's the actual number so yeah, far? It's pretty heavy Highway. It's a 9-3 to three Highway to Back in Black. Let's see if there's a back in black surge coming up as we continue through this hour. And we'll pick up the uh, the calls with Manny, who's in California next up. Hi, Manny. Hey, Eddie. How you doing, buddy? Listen, I'm on day five of COVID. So um, I'm, I'm right there with you. And where I'm are you on day five? How, or how are you feeling? Well, I will tell you, the first three days were pretty bad, but... The last two days, I've gained some positive momentum, and I'm feeling a little bit better, but I, I still congested. All right, good. Well, I'm in. I'm early day three, so I probably, hopefully, getting on the other end of it soon. Thank you, Manny. Well, and 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 thank you because I was listening to Cruise to the Edge. I was listening to Rush Top Five all the time while I was laying there in bed, sick as a dog, and you helped me get through <laughs> it. And I appreciate that. Um, cool. As far as ACDC goes. Um, I will tell you, my first album I got was the live album, If You Want Blood, You Got It, because that's how we bought albums when we discovered groups back then, as you've mentioned before. We got the live album, then we started going back to the studio albums, and um, anyway, that was my first album. Um, I went and saw Bon Scott, Long Beach Arena, 1979, out here in L.A., Long Beach Arena, um, and then four months later, he died. And when I saw him in Long Beach, it was a half arena, but it was a great show. And he was amazing. Angus was amazing. Malcolm. It was great. But it was half arena. A, a year later, I went back to the same arena. It was packed. We were second row. Brian came out, banged the, the bell to death on the opening cut. And man, was like you said, it was pretty sonic live as well as that album. So I'm going to give it to that album just because they pulled it off. I don't know how they did it. Us ACDC fans that knew them before they were big thought – What's going to happen to this band? I'm mm. how, how are they going to be able to pull this off? Are they done? And they went even bigger. So it was amazing. Back in Black gets my vote. All right, Manny. Thank you. Feel better yourself, man. Appreciate you checking in. So Manny, from the standpoint of just he couldn't believe that the band could bounce back like that and go even bigger with a new singer. See, the thing about that is, is that um, I think one of the reasons why ACDC was able to introduce Brian Johnson and and not deal with the the blowback of a major lineup change at that time is because as Manny just alluded to he saw ACDC with Bon Scott Highway to Hell half filled building 40 year 40 42 years looking back yeah, we, we all have lived, lived with Highway to Hell for that long, and we know it and love it, and it's taken on a whole new stature. But in that time, it was not that big of a thing. ACDC were far from a household name. My point being is that there was a ton of people who had no idea who Bon Scott was when they got Back in Black. To the world at large, Back in Black was the debut ACDC record. So it wasn't like Sammy Hagar replacing David Lee Roth 
where Van Halen was a world-renowned massive rock band and they were making that change. It was a band that was operating at a theater level that only hardcore rock fans knew about and they made the change. Here's the other thing. And this is always something fun to ponder. What would have happened if Back in Black came out with, and Bond didn't die, and Bond was the singer on Back in Black? Would it have been as big? The The initial reaction, the initial feeling is, well, yeah, why not? But maybe not. Because Back in Black was inspired for lack of a better word by the death of bond and bond has a different vocal delivery and also as a writer would things have been a bit different now i brought there are records where brian johnson including the most recent acdc record where brian johnson has no writing credits on it at all where angus and malcolm wrote everything including lyrics there are other records where brian did write i believe he does have writing credits on back in black so there's that factor too, but there's just so many interesting things to unpack here because what would it have been like if would would ba- would it have even been called Back in Black? Back in Black, the imaging, the album cover, everything is really a statement about Bond being gone. What would that record have been if Bond didn't die? What would the material have been, the marketing, the packaging, the sound? It's just really, I mean, as rock geeks that we are, it's all fascinating to speculate on at least. Well, thank God I have this radio show and you guys to do that with. Because <laughs> you're the fellow freaks that are with me on all this stuff. Here's Tom in New Jersey. What's going on, Tom? What's up, Eddie? How you doing? How hey, you man. feeling? All right, yeah, get, get over there. hanging in there. We need you. <laughs> we need you get anyway, real quick, man. Powering through. <laughs> Good. These guys are all these guys are all over the place. Back in Black is is the champion of this by by I don't even know how how big a distance. Just, just the opening track. I mean, Hell's Bells. I, I listened to both these albums at least three times in the last twenty four hours, and and I still my the hair on my arm stands up when I hear that funeral bell ring, yeah. and, and that riff kicks in. And you hit it before sonically just. It's, this album is such a powerful statement. Every song sounds different. Highway to Hell, it, it starts off good, and after, let me see, I got it right here in front of me. I'll be quick. <laughs> right, right after Touch Too Much, it starts, it, it gets repetitive. The songs all kind of sound the same. There's a couple duds in there, and just, you know, even if you go first track, you know, Hell's Bells versus Highway to Hell, Hell's Bells all the way, and you go last track, uh, Rock and Roll Ain't Noise Pollution compared to Night Prowler. They, they, you know, they, just, I, I don't even know. I'm I'm so excited about this. <laughs> but I don't know what you're feeling, but I, I got to right, Tom Black all the way. Yeah, well, I think Higby's going to call in. you tomorrow, and uh, he's going to change Who's his that? mind, too. I think uh, Tony Higby's going to call you tomorrow and change his mind, too. <laughs> You right, might man, already told me Howie that. Pyro. Get well, Eddie. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. Yeah, I mentioned Howie when he passed away last week. Very sad news. <clears throat> Scott Ian would like us to log him in for Highway to Hell as well. I'm not surprised by this being a, such a uh, one-sided thing for the most part. 
again, given my audience, you guys, uh, I, I, I get it because <laughs> we are the people that really know this stuff. We live and breathe this stuff. We know these records inside out. If you put this out to the general public, I wouldn't even be close the other way because most people couldn't name you a song on Highway to Hell besides that song. So that's what's interesting here. But so far, uh, Highway dominant. Here's Al in New Jersey. Hey, Al. Hey, Eddie. Speed to recover for you, for you, my friend. Thank you, Al. Um, looking at uh, looking at looking at uh, where Highway to Hell was recorded. It looks like it was recorded in three studios. Uh, it's Sydney, Miami, and London. Just so, uh, just so, uh, just to get that out there. I know you asked that. So before. I think I think back in black was was Compass Point in the Bahamas, right? Yeah, Na- yeah, Nassau Bahamas. Yes, that right. was one okay. studio. So this diff- one was like different studios, right? So that 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 yeah. plays some role if you're getting nitpicky. Sure. Yeah, uh, back in black was the first album I ever heard uh, because my older brother had gotten out on cassette when it was first released. But however, um, my pick's going to be Highway to Hell. Because in hindsight, uh, you know, going through all the years and, and being an ACDC fan, um, I tend to listen to Bon a- albums more. I'm more of a fan of Bon. I, I'm actually, uh, uh, to me, his lyrics are more are, are more clever. And I just love, love his lyrics. I love his delivery, his tone. Uh, my, my favorite album is actually Powerage, but uh, I'm giving the, high, the, the nod to Highway. So I appreciate the call, man. And uh, talk to you soon. Thank you, Al. Thanks for checking in. Let's go to Jason in Pennsylvania, who's up next. Jason, you're on the air. Thank you, dear. Hey, Eddie, how you doing? All right, Jay, what do you got? I'm going to go with uh, Back in Black. There we go. Get a couple Back in Blacks in there. What's your your thought process there, Jason? Uh, Well, I grew grew, up, born in uh, 77, so I'm like 45, 46 years old. And my first album was Back in Black, and I just liked all the songs on it. And I think Brian Johnson is a really, really good singer. And, you know, Mon Scott was too, but I'm, I'm just going with Brian Johnson. All right. Fair enough. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate the call. I think the age factor absolutely comes into this too. So. Although he's, what did he say, he was 47? Yeah, I mean, you're going to be exposed to both records. I mean, they're a year apart. It's not that big of a thing. But interesting now to get maybe a little back in black comeback. We'll see. We'll see. Brian's also in Pennsylvania. Hey, Brian. Hey. Um, first of all, I was, hope you feel better soon. Thank you, Brian. And I want to mention, I myself have not had COVID yet, so I'm kind of waiting for it too but i haven't had it yet <laughs> the thing you have to hope for is because again i'm not i was never in denial about it i knew that eventually i would get it and especially with my schedule but uh you just have to hope for it hits at a time where you're not traveling or on the road or it disrupts so so i got lucky in that regard i mean i wasn't scheduled to go anywhere for a couple of weeks so riding it out and hope it's the end of it once you get it but we'll see but but thanks brian i wish you well yep um i'm going back in black um, that was the first ACDC I heard. Uh, I remember listening to it. One of my cousins, I think had it on eight track. And I remember listening to it when I was about eight years old and just blown away. And I mean, I love both albums, but, um, I think front to back, 
Back in Black is a stronger album. All right, good. Just good to thanks, Brian. Just for the sake of this argument, it's nice to see a little bit of a, a Back in Black uh, swing right now. And somebody brought up the opening of the records. That of course, Highway to Hell opens with the song Highway to Hell and just that classic riff slashing through. Where Back in Black is a much more atmospheric opening with the bell and that whole setting, which uh, sets a totally different vibe, obviously. But much of that because, of course, Bond had passed away, which made me ponder what Back in Black would have been if Bond was still there. But that's all you can do is speculate on that. Carlos in Texas. Hey, Carlos. Hey, Eddie, uh, sorry for the delay there. Yeah, I, uh, I'll i have to go with uh, Highway to Hell uh, for the simple reason that, you know, I graduated high school in 75, and I kind of fell out of the rock music there, was into business, and that one, uh, somebody took me, actually saw the concert, but you were right about them playing smaller venues. They were they actually played at the Fox in Atlanta uh, in uh, 8 October 79. I still got the ticket stub. But anyway, that that just everybody in there went nuts. Apparently, a bunch of high school kids or something knew about. It. They were they were raging like this best band they ever seen in their life, or whatever. But that's that kind of turned me back to rock music, uh, and so and I'll have to stay. Yeah, I, yeah, comparing the two, I like I like Highway to Hell better. All right, thank you, Carlos. I appreciate it. And Carlos again is reinforcing what I've talked about. You, you have to go back in that time and place, 79, 80. No matter what the standing of Highway to Hell is now, it was not that at that time. It was, it was the table setter for Back in Black. It was the first taste of some radio airplay that ACDC got. Like, I'm strictly talking about America. I'm not talking about outside of the U.S., but it was the table setter. It's where... The foundation was laid. It's finally, okay, we got a song, got a little bit of radio airplay, record that did kind of okay. But but Highway to Hell was not some gargantuan record by any means, which is why, as I said earlier, I think Brian had an easier time coming in as the new lead singer because most people didn't even know what ACDC was prior to Back in Black. But over the 42 or 43 years since highway came out it just has a whole new standing and that and that, here's the other thing too if you go see acdc live if they ever tour again or the last time they toured what what are you getting live from these records now well highway you're probably only getting the title track <clears throat> back in black you're getting Hell's Bells. You're getting, of course, You Shook Me All Night Long. You're getting Back in Black. Uh, usually you get Shoot to Thrill. So it's no comparison. I mean, and, and that's a byproduct of the fact that one record is one of the biggest selling records of all time. So just, you know, again, all just different ways to break this down on different different levels and across different lines. Here's Freddie in Delaware. Hey, Fred. Hey, Eddie. Feel better soon. Uh, Thanks, Fred. For me, sonically and sound-wise, it'll be back in black. But live-wise, it'll have to be with Bon Scott. 
uh, I saw ACDC open for UFO in the Palladium in New York City sometime in the 1970s. I went there to see UFO. I never saw ACDC before. Uh, this was the UFO, the only You Can Rock Me tour. I thought Schenker was still in the band. When UFO came on, I saw Schenker was not in the band. He got shot, man. Extremely pissed off. And you know what? I'm still pissed off about that. So heartbroken <laughs> that he was not there. Um, but the high point of that uh, day, that night, was seeing ACDC because I never saw anything like it. Uh, bon Scott was strutting around like David Lee Roth. Angus, he was duck walking across the stage. He was on the on. He was sprawled on the floor, spinning on the floor like a clock on crack. It would. I, I just never saw anything like it, you know. And he even went to the hallway on a roadie's back, and he was like running through the hallway by the concession stand. I remember I patted <laughs> him on the back. His back was all sweaty. It was just. It was just crazy. I never saw anything like it. I just so live wise, it'll have to be with Bon Scott, but sonically, sound wise, that Back in Black album. Right. So for the purposes of what we're doing today, Freddie, which is just comparing the two records, your vote is for Back in Black. Definitely, definitely. All right. Thank you, Freddie. I appreciate it. You know, I don't want to go down a UFO rabbit hole here, which I could easily do, being that I love that band so much. But Freddie talked about and and look, I could do I could do Obsession versus Lights Out for a UFO throwdown. I just don't think, and I'm not dumb. I just don't think there's enough people that would get as into it because just not as many people are as into UFO. But Freddie mentioned something that I don't know if a lot of people knew what was happening. So Michael Schenker was obviously a guitar hero for UFO. And around that time, 78, 79, he started drifting in and out of the band where they would literally play shows and they didn't know if he was going to show up or not. So they carried another guitar player with them, Paul, the late Paul Chapman. And if Michael showed up, of course, he'd play the gig and Chapman would sit in the back and be done with it. If Michael didn't show up, then they'd plug in Paul Chapman to play the show. And I I remember when I first saw UFO, Chapman was the full-time guitarist. They had made the change about a year earlier because of the erratic behavior and fighting with Shanker at that time. But I have friends that, similar to what Freddie, would go to these shows to see Shanker and he wouldn't come out and they would just be so angry uh, because Shanker was a, a young guitar hero at the time. And I felt so bad for Paul Chapman because Paul Chapman, I love what Paul Chapman did in UFO and I love the records they made with him, but he took the brunt of that until Shanker was out for good a couple years later. It sounds like Freddie, <laughs> Freddie, 43 years later, Freddie is still mad. <laughs> Let's go to Charlie in Texas weighing in. Hey, Charlie. Hey, Ed. Uh, thank you for taking my call and uh, thank you for that recommendation. I, I watched that Randy Rhodes documentary last night. Really enjoyed it. So thanks for that. Yeah, um, I mean, it's not. It's obviously not a big production thing, and they didn't couldn't clear everything. You heard what the director said, but it, I thought it was an interesting document about Randy. And I I actually hit up Morello, who's a huge Randy guy. I made him aware of it last night, and a couple other people that I know in the industry who who love Randy. And I I, I think it's definitely worth a watch. I agree. I mean, it was five bucks, and you know, on the Aussie music. 
I thought it was pretty cool. They had all those kids at the very end, little clips of kids playing Aussie songs. So that was kind of the only exposure you got to the Aussie songs, but it was a fitting end to the movie, in my opinion. Yeah, so. I forgot about that. I would have brought that up to uh, Andre yesterday if I remembered that. I completely forgot about that. That's a great call, uh, Charlie. That was a nice touch to end it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, listen, I'll, I'll get to the point. You you spent uh, last night with COVID, and we all spent last night trying to figure out how to do this, uh, how to do this throwdown. So, and I, you know, I went back and forth five times, but you know, here's where I netted out. Um, you and I are the same age. I was born in '64, and Back in Black came out the summer before my sophomore year in high school. And all I can say is this: they're both great albums. But when that album came out, there wasn't a student at our high school of any age, any gender, stoner, rocker, uh, otherwise, that didn't listen to that album. And it wasn't just for my sophomore year. That album was like, I mean, it, it was played till, I mean, my graduation. I probably went through three. Which record? Which of, record are you talking? Which one of the two oh, are you I'm talking sorry. about, Charlie? Back in Black. Back in Black. Okay. Back in Black. Okay. Uh, that album, the impact was just incredible. And I, I had their catalog prior to 1980. So I knew about Bon Scott and look, uh, you know, highway to hell is an amazing album. It's dirty, gritty. It, it's got all the things you want, but I mean, back in black was just, there wasn't anybody that didn't love that album when I was in high school. So that was the tiebreaker for me. So you're going back in black. I'm going back in black a hundred percent. Ah, the, I think the gap is slightly closing a little bit. Thank you, Charlie. Appreciate that. Uh, let me get – I got time for one more, you think, Joel? We can get one more real quick. Um, Mark in Ohio, jump in real quickly. What's your pick? Uh, hey, Eddie, good, good help to you soon. I saw ACDC and UFO in 1977. Uh, I went to see UFO, and it was a co-headline tour on the Let There Be Rock and Lights Out tours. And uh, I went to see UFO, and I saw ACDC for the first time. And so with that said, I got to go with Highway to Hell, only because I was blown away by Let There Be Rock, and I was a fan since then. So I go with Highway to Hell. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. All right, so according to Joel, it's – My friend Izzy's weighing in on Highway, Highway to Hell, so there's another one for Highway. So it's roughly about, of the calls we got on the air, and obviously there was a ton we didn't get to on the air, it's roughly at around 16 to 9. I, Off the top of my head, I can't do this, but I'd give a slight nudge to Highway, I guess, because I listen to it a little bit more. But that's only probably because Back in Black is so overplayed, some aspects of it, which I, I said we shouldn't do, but I probably am doing. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. Bringing you something a little different this week. Don't worry, we have plenty of interviews still to come, and we'll keep bringing those to you for the most part here on the podcast. But thought it would be good, especially for our audience that does not get SiriusXM. Maybe you can't. Maybe you're outside the U.S. or Canada, or maybe you are in America or Canada, and you just haven't come on board yet. Uh, This is a great way to show you some of the other things we do on Trunk Nation every day on Volume Channel 106, Monday through Friday, live 2 to 4 Eastern Time. Nightly re-airs 10 to midnight Eastern. And if you can't listen in those windows over the air, the entire shows are on the SiriusXM app to listen to whenever you want. And also the interviews are there as well. 
So giving you a little taste of other things that we do every day on the radio show. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, not surprising to me, actually, that Highway to Hell became the winner there. I think if you ask the general public, Back in Black would be the no-brainer answer. Knowing my audience, knowing that I have a hardcore rock following that truly knows records inside out, not surprised at all to find out that Highway to Hell was the clear-cut winner, and I thank everybody who called in. And we'll do more throwdowns in the future live on the radio, and maybe somewhere down the line I'll bring you one or two more as a, as a podcast for those that don't listen on volume. Hope you do, certainly if you're in the U.S. or Canada and you can get the uh, service, certainly hope you do. And everybody else listening around the world, there's a little taste to some of the other things I do every day on the radio. Be sure to follow me on social media at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, fan page on Facebook, eddietrunk.com is the website. If you happen to be in Houston, Texas, I will be there this Saturday where I will be hosting a show with Ace Freely at Warehouse Live. Come on out and join us. Haven't been to Warehouse in a while. Looking forward to being back there. So if you are there, come see the Space Ace and hang with me this coming Saturday night in Houston. Other stuff coming up. I'm going to be in Vegas for a couple days doing some shows from. I'll be in L.A. for a couple days. I'll also be at the SiriusXM special private show at the Whiskey for Def Leppard in Los Angeles. That's actually happening a week from today, the 26th of May. Be sure to listen to the radio show. I'll bring you all the coverage from that uh, after it happens on volume on 106. Oh, one other thing, June 16th, Corning, California. If you're in that area of the country, I'll be there hosting a show with Cheap Trick and Extreme. Great Bill, Rolling Hills Casino. Hope to see you there if you are in that part of the world. Okay, thank you all for listening. Thanks to Joel for producing. Hope you enjoyed this special podcast, bringing you a throwdown. Next Thursday, another all-new episode. As always, be sure to subscribe, and I'll catch you then. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. 
Steyer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.